Today on Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures, we are outside of the box, figuratively and literally. We're talking about a current song, we're talking about a popular song, and we are not in the Winchester, which is the box that we record in. I mean, we're in a different box, but, you know, we're outside our usual box. You are correct on all counts. Sometimes the most popular song is a guilt-free pleasure. Well, yeah. I mean, if it's popular and you don't feel guilty listening to it, that is the very definition of guilt-free, right? So uh, we're, we're casting a pretty wide net here. And, and I think also outside of the box is we have a guest for the episode today. That's correct. Because we are doing Harry Styles today, and in particular, Harry's House, his latest album, and in particular, particular... We are doing As It Was and two other songs from the album. We didn't want to come in here looking dumb. So I asked the one person I knew who would be a Harry Styles super fan. I know this because I'm friends with her father, Luke. And I remember when he said, you know what? Ella's really into Harry Styles. I said, who's Her- Harry Styles? He goes, yeah, One Direction. Oh, she's into One Direction? No, she's only into Harry Styles. I'm like, uh, I don't get it. He goes, I don't know. She really likes Harry Styles. I'm like, whatever. This is me just a few years ago saying these sorts of things. Yeah. Whatever. I didn't think it was a big deal. And then I heard as it was on like the adult contemporary radio. And I said, holy cow, this is amazing. And I knew we needed to do this song, and I knew we needed to talk to Ella. So welcome to the podcast, Ella. Hi, guys. Would you like to tell us a little more about yourself? Yeah, so um, I am 16. I'm going into grade 11. And I started liking Harry Styles in quarantine when there was nothing else to do other than find new artists to listen to. I mean, I think you spent your time fairly well during the quarantine. So so good for you. It all led to this moment. It did. I got really big into Pokemon. <laughs> Is that a thing still? I don't know. Pokemon Go? Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. I, I don't know. I'm trying I'm trying I'm trying to be young again here. I don't, I don't understand yeah. this. Perfect. Well, that is one of the themes that comes out of this song. Yeah. Okay, before we get to the song, we better talk about the history of Harry Styles. I know I tried to figure this out, and then I thought, Ella's going to give us all this info anyways. So, Ella, do we start with the X Factor, or are you going to go through a couple generations earlier? Not a couple generations, but I'm going to go through a little. So, he was born in Holmes Chapel, and um, with his sister, Gemma, who's older than him, and his mom, Anne. And then his father, who got divorced with Anne, and then his stepfather, Robin. So he was in a band called the White Eskimos previously to The X Factor. And then one day he was like, okay, like, I think I'm a pretty good singer. I'm going to go try it out, see what happens. So he went on to The X Factor and sang pretty good. Like the all of the One Direction Boys uh, X Factor tapes, I personally as a judge would not have said yes to any of them. <laughs> but... <laughs> They did. You are harsher than, uh, what's his name? That (laughs) Simon Simon Cowell Cowell guy. Honestly, there's much better singers out there at the time. They've all improved vastly, but at the time it was different. Can I ask you, would you say that Michael Bolton would be a better singer than than them at that time? Yes. Yes. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, they were 16. They were hitting puberty. Anyways, so then they got through the next round, all five of the boys, and they continued and continued and continued until, for whatever reason, all five of them got eliminated from the running of who's going to win X Factor. And then at this point, Simon Cowell and whoever else was on the judging panel was like, oh my goodness, no, like, these boys are too good for us to eliminate all five of them. So they decided to put them all into one band, and they said, you guys are going to be a band. And they're all, like, crying and upset that they got eliminated, and then they got formed into this band. One Direction, and they went through the whole X Factor, and they ended up coming third. But by then, they had already created such a following that it didn't even matter what place they came in, that they were already so big in the world that coming out of the X Factor, they had their entire careers laid out for them. So that was in 2010, and then they released five albums. That's a lot of albums because... Yeah. When did when did they kind of break up? 2016. So that's like an album a year. Yeah, it was, it was an album a year. It was like very overproduced. They never got a break. That's... A whole other thing, but it was very, very harsh. And that's when we get you back on the podcast when we do our One Direction. <laughs> one Direction, uh, one, uh, one, one Direction reunites. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Uh, we'll talk again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then after One Direction went on their quote unquote hiatus, which they were like, "Oh, we're gonna be back." It's been like a lot of years, but anyways. So then Harry decided to branch out. He released his first single, uh, "Sign of the Times." And then his first album got released, second album, and third album, and now here we are. Well, that is an excellent history. <laughs> nice little recap. Yeah. yeah. I will put in the show notes the X Factor auditions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Where did he work before he was on the X Factor? He worked at a bakery. Now, do you think that his obsession with food comes from working at a bakery? I don't know. Okay. I, I feel like it could be related, but it could also just be that Lots of people love food. Okay. Well, he certainly does. Well, and you need food to survive. So, True. Right? So. Which leads us to the first song on the album. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I want to talk about it because it's so awesome. <laughs> to me, I realize I might be the only person who loves it. Every podcast and uh, article I read kind of... Um, thumbs their nose at it. Yeah. Thumbs their nose at it. I think it's fantastic. Music for a sushi restaurant. Starts off super cool. Not sure if it's a backwards playing guitar. Not sure if it's John Mayer, actually. Apparently he plays guitar on a lot of these tracks. Oh, really? Yeah. Ella, do you know that? I actually didn't. Yes. yes. Okay. He knows more than me. Deep research going on here. Okay, so... There's a couple things I want to talk about for the music from a sushi restaurant. I just love the quirkiness of the song. It's hard to imitate it, so I'm just going to play it here. Okay, so I just played a part there. Frank, you tell me what you heard. So... Early on, there's the... As soon as I heard that, the very first time, it's just like, that's Marvin Gaye and Tammy Tyrell. Uh, you're all I need. That sort of sets the sets the stage for the rest of the song. And it's... I love that opening. That It's just... It's not exactly it, but it's so, so, so very reminiscent of... Yeah. 
start an album this way feels so bold to me. Yes. And then it sets the tone for the album. And it's the horn breaks. I think they're synth horns. Yeah. But they bring us right back to 1986, like that era yeah. of the synth. So they, they talked in one podcast I listened to where they talked about the sledgehammer horns. So on Peter Gabriel's sledgehammer, these are the horns. So let me just play it here. There it is. Yeah. My favorite part of the whole song. Yeah, that's so good. I'm enjoying how excited you guys are about this song. Oh, man. It's I love good. this. <laughs> yeah. This is, there's so many things happening. Here. It's so it's good. So good. <laughs> So much to talk about. So the yeah. horns are incredible. Yeah. I'm going to be referring back to these horns later. I just want you to remember them. Yep. You heard a bunch of other artists in there. What did you hear from Oh, there, there's so much happening in there. So the uh, the bass line is reminiscent of Paul Simon's uh, Graceland album. And then there's Prince. There's definitely yeah. Prince in oh, there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Prince or at, at, at the very least, Janelle Monet. Oh, nice. Good call. And, and then they get back into that, uh, you're all, I'm, like that sort of thing with the Marvin Gaye. There, there's so much happening. There's so much 80s just smashed in there. It's so good. He's got so much guts. Or is it Moxie? I like Moxie. Okay. It just sounds cooler. He's I got agree. you Yeah, Moxie. Yeah. Okay. He's got some Moxie to scat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is like, he's coming from... One Direction, boy band, you know, he's much more than all those things, of course. But to throw down a scat is yeah. crazy. So this is a rarity. Ashley, yesterday, agreed to listen to this song. What? Yeah, I know. She hasn't, she hasn't yet to listen to a podcast episode. That's fine. <laughs> but she listened to this song and I said, what do you think about the scatting? Because this scatting was made fun of on like everything I've read. Yeah. I mean, I, I only read about five things, but they made fun of it. Yeah. And Ashley's like, no, that's Fine, that's good. That's what scatting is. And I thought it was super fun. Yeah. And he gets what he's doing. Mm -hmm. He doesn't need to be Ella Fitzgerald or the guy who plays the horn. Louis Armstrong. That's (laughs) who I'm thinking of. He doesn't need to be either of those two people. That Louis guy that plays the horn. (laughs) That's right. Wonderful World. That guy did the Wonderful World song. I don't know what else he did. Anyways. I'm glad that you guys mentioned all of those different people like influencing into the one song that you heard because... I have a point when talking about like what each album means or why it was produced or his intentions behind the album. And one of my main points is that this album, I feel like was very targeted towards not what he was trying to make other people like, but it was like surrounded around the music he likes to listen to. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I'm Harry Styles. I love listening to this music. So I'm going to create music like it. Like he got inspiration, I think a lot more for this one. And it was more about producing something he liked to listen to yeah. rather than like, oh, these teenage girls are going to like to listen to it. Bingo. We we didn't even really talk about, you, and you were mentioning the horns are very uh, Peter Gabriel from Sledgehammer, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, there are at least four different musical sort of influences that we can pick out uh, from this song and they're all done well, right? So the the criticism I heard on on is an NPR show. Like, well, NPR on. is yeah. wrong, yeah, of course. <laughs> and they're like, okay, well, there's other people like Olivia. I was gonna say Olivia Wilde. It's uh, Rodrigo. What's the, Rodrigo. Well, that's it, Olivia Rodrigo, Rodrigo and Dua Lipa. Or okay. and they said they're making music that's kind of pushing things forward, but he's kind of 
they didn't say resting on his laurels, but he's doing something else. But wasn't that music better? Like, everyone's always like, oh, this new music is trash. It's so bad. It's so bad. And then when someone produces music that sounds like the stuff that everyone used to listen to, they're like, oh, why are they not making music go forward that's just i am loving right now that there's a 16 year old saying that the music like the music that we used to listen to is so much better than the stuff that's coming out now this is why we're doing harry style today yeah because he is bringing it back and taking the music we love yeah and he's pushing it forward forward and rolling stone said what harry styles is doing is he's bending the music listening culture to his will yeah saying I want you to hear this. So I'm going to give you music from the aughts. I'm going to give you music from the 70s. I'm going to give you Yacht Rock. I'm going to give you all these things. Mm -hmm. And we love it because it's great. Yeah. And a crotchety old man like myself is getting behind (laughs) this. So this is is pretty good. The thing I'm excited for is that when I'm like, oh, my favorite song is this song. Someone's like, oh, who's it by? I'm like, Harry Styles. They go, oh. I'm like... He's so popular. He's so big. And just because you think a bunch of 16-year-old girls like to listen to him, they write him off completely. And it's like, I enjoy that people who are older and people who are um, men are enjoying it. Because I often play music, um, Harry Styles music at my work. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to slip this into the playlist for the day. And someone will be like, oh, I really like this song. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Harry Styles. And they're like, oh. I'm like, so you you don't like the song anymore then? Because then it's just like, you know what I mean? It's a stigma against his name. And now he's rising above that, I think. Yeah, exactly. Older, cool men like Bill and myself (laughs) like this music. Yeah. There's no need to be ashamed. Harry Styles is awesome. And in particular, this album. Now, Ella, we know this because we talked beforehand. You prefer the two previous albums. Is that true? That's true. I think this album really appeals to what am i trying to say here uh old people old demographic a different demographic (laughs) (laughs) an older demographic an older demographic well we know he is a avid record collector correct and so if you were to go through the records that he's collecting you can see all these influences and even like seeing his outfits and how he poses for shoots and just everything about him, he's very influenced by the people of his past, like Freddie Mercury and people like that, like the big names. He's very, you can be like, oh, look, he's acting like Mick Jagger there. He's acting like Freddie Mercury there. He's dressing like this person. He's singing like this person. And it's all, I feel like, a bunch of really awesome artists put into one because of what he was grown up listening to. I couldn't say that better. So there is Songs for a Sushi Restaurant. We've we talked about that. The current single, when we recorded this, I don't know when the this will be a single for a while, I'm sure. Yeah. Late night talking. My son loves this song. My son, of course, is three years old and he's yeah. been humming this to himself during bath time. And I realize I've been listening to the album, but he chooses this as his favorite. Good for and, him. He's got good taste. Yep. Ashley also said, This is good. This is very catchy. It starts off, it, it sounds a little distorted, right? And um, Ella, you, you were saying it, it's 
like a record being played like at the wrong speed, right? Like yeah, it, it, I have. Sorry, I, go on, yeah. I have one Taylor Swift album on record, and it's the album Red. And when you play it at the size of the record, it's supposed to be played at a certain speed. Thirty-three. But yeah, it's supposed to be played at thirty-three, but it's doesn't so it's it it sounds wrong when you yeah. play it. it's all like distorted and weird sounds like slow and so i had to search it up because i thought my record was broken when i bought it <laughs> and i was like what is going on so you have to play it at 45 but it almost sounds like in late late talking it's like a little bit at the wrong speed on the record player you put the wrong setting on yeah it just seems a little bit like the music seems slow like you're you're running through water or something right yeah. but then like i picked up like right off the hop musically not not like uh, if you take out the lyrics of late night talking and you take out the lyrics of tacos putting on the ritz and you play them side by side i'm i'm hearing definite similarities between the two i could be completely wrong i'm out of my element here cuz i'm not where we usually are recording this so i'm i'm a little bit confused and scared but <laughs> this is what i'm hearing if you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Put another Ritz. I've never been a fan of change, but I'd follow you to any place. If it's Hollywood or Bishop's Gate, I'm coming to. The video for this just came out, we were recording this in August. It just came out a few weeks ago. Ella, you're a big fan of the video and you I have am. lots to tell us about. I do. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, so if you've watched the video, it starts out, Harry's in a bed and he wakes up and he's like looking around. He's trying to find someone in the bed, I guess. And there's no one there except himself. And he goes through the song and he's like um, under the covers and then he's in a bed with like 20 other people. And they're all, like, around each other. And then it continues, and he's being observed as if he's a piece of art. And he's in a bed with a woman, and there's there's people around him taking photos and whispering and gossiping and whatever. And then it continues, and he's in a dark hotel room. and he Or not hotel room, but he's in an area, and it's very dark, pitch black, and he's eating pasta with a man on a date, it seems to be. And then he is all of a sudden in the opera and there's this massive spotlight on him and another woman in a bed with him. I think it's showing how he feels about how looked on his relationships are to the public. Like every time he said in an interview once, every time he's out on a walk with one of his friends, if they happen to be a girl, they're dating. Everyone thinks they're dating. If he's out for dinner, if he's seen ever, ever, he's always, oh, are they together? Are they dating? Are they dating? And everything he does with other people that aren't necessarily like oh they're just friends like we know that they've been friends it's automatically assumed that he's dating and it's like i think it was showing how he feels like he's under a microscope when it comes to his relationships and showing kind of how he has to hide part of himself because he's always under a microscope that's that great analysis yeah it's kind of funny because that sounds totally true from what i can see but also the song is clearly about Olivia Wilde, <laughs> just like we yeah. talk at night on the phone, <laughs> we're late night talking. Yeah, and I lo love you so much. Yeah, so it is kind of like yeah, you, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, because lots of people are like, oh, they're together for real. Lots of people are like, oh, it's a PR move. A lot of people are always like, oh, it's PR, it's PR, PR about everyone's relationships. Everyone's half thinks it's real, half thinks it's fake. But it just kind of puts the contrast where it's like his music video kind of doesn't really relate all that much to the song, which is interesting right. because. 
when I watched the music video, I was like, okay, they're in pajamas, they're late night talking with people, but I feel like there's such a deeper meaning to the music video and not so much as a deeper meaning to the song. Yeah, that's fair. Because yeah. when I go through the lyrics, I'm like, okay, yeah, he's, so he's uh, he's calling his he's girlfriend. Pillow, he's talking with someone. Yeah, yeah, pillow talking. Yeah. I'm just assuming he's actually just on the phone yeah. <laughs> in a hotel room somewhere. Because you would think that he would just be laying on a bed talking on a phone for a music video. Yeah. But it's just, there were so many like aspects to it that you could pick apart in the music video that I think you couldn't in the song. So I'm not really sure what he was trying to portray with that, but... It was certainly fun. Yeah. Like, he's, he has fun in his videos. He does. It was a good video. It's yeah. fun to watch. If you're feeling down, I just want to make you happier, baby. Wish I was around, I just want to make you happier, baby. We've been doing all this late night talking about anything you want to It's time to talk about As It Was. So it opens with a phone call. Yes. And so Ella, tell us about this phone call, please. So it says, Harry, come on, Harry, we want to say goodnight to you. And it's his goddaughter calling him and was like, hey, like, come on, bro, like, don't go to bed. Like, I think it plays into the song a lot because he's talked a lot about how his family and stuff, he's drifted from them as he's become more famous. He hasn't been able to go to parties and the same things he used to be. So it wasn't the same as it was. And I think it kind of shows a bit of like an insight into, oh, like, come on, Harry, like, we still want to say goodnight to you. Even though you're famous, even though you're busy, even though you can't come to our parties, we still want to be a part of your life type thing. Yep. I feel like that was kind of what he's trying to do with putting it in there to like start the song off with a look at someone who's trying to talk to me. And apparently he calls her every night. Yeah. And he I missed saw that. one night and this was when she called yeah. him. And so while they're working on this song in the studio, he just put it on and they liked it and put it in. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Harry Styles is a good dude. Calls He's his a- goddaughter every night? Every night. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, I should call my goddaughter. You have a goddaughter? Well, she's 20. I know she oh. doesn't really need me to call her, but <laughs> You never know. Weird, right? This is the last song he also wrote for the album. Okay. So this, even though it's the first single and kind of sets the tone for a lot of what we're going to hear in terms of this is the first thing released. Mm -hmm. This is uh, this is the last song written. So should we work through the lyrics? Yeah, I just want to say there there's a a huge theme about the last song being written and and it comes out as the first single. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes like happens a lot. Yeah, you, you get through the whole album process and maybe you're a little beat down by everything but you have that like last sort of like flash of inspiration and an awesome song comes out yeah. right yeah like we, we just talked uh, the other week about um Corey Hart uh, sunglasses at night same thing right and uh i know we've talked about it uh, on a number of other uh albums and, and songs that we've done as well but it's kind of amazing to to see how that happens sometimes right in the process like i mean in the end he is with writing this, it is culminating all the stuff that's on this album. Yeah. Okay. Ella, you've already mentioned to us before we start recording that Harry seems to be reticent about really saying what the meaning is of his songs. Yes, he never really tells us. He's always like, you you do think of it and you can figure it out. And if you figure it out and you think that's what it is, sure. 
classic cop-out. Yeah. As an English major, it really (laughs) angered me when someone says, no, the poem is yours. Like, no, it's not. You wrote it. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you now what it means. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, Harry, we're going to tell you what your song means right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, after we get the call from the goddaughter and then Mm -hmm. do-do-do-do-do-do-do. That's exactly how it sounds. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds a lot better. Much better. Holding me back, gravity's holding me back. I want you to hold out the palm of your hand. Why don't we leave it at that? I, I have issue with the first lines. Okay. Gravity holds us down. It doesn't hold us back. <laughs> oh, boy. So I'm a literalist. First issue. So, uh, you know what, Harry? I'm going to give you a pass because the song is pretty awesome. But, um, yeah, just just next time you're, you're referencing gravity in a song. I think throughout the song, we'll get more into it. But I personally think this song is about his childhood and... Um, his relationship with his sister and his family. So I feel like with the holding me back and gra- gravity's holding me back, I think it's less gravity of the earth, like you said, it's a, as a literalist, but more like the gravity of the pressure between them as siblings. Kind so of. the gravity of the situation is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And it's holding him back from? The relationship. Relationship. Okay. okay. They're, they're also, I don't like to be. I don't like to be shown up by a 16-year-old <laughs> on my podcast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but no, as, as soon as I said my literal gravity comment, I'm just like, no, maybe it's the gravity of the situation, Frank. <laughs> Think, think, think about things. Again, I'm outside the box oh, right good, now, and I, and I'm just I'm not comfortable. Not in your comfort zone. No, not, not at all. Okay, all right. So, next lines. Nothing to say when everything gets in the way. Seems you cannot be replaced, and I'm the one who will stay. Nothing to say when everything gets in the way. I've avoided hearing much of what he's got to say because I didn't want him to get in the way of what the true meaning is, which yeah. is what I wanted it to be. So I'm like, no, no, this is about Olivia Wilde. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just kidding. The relationship in general. But so what is being replaced? I'm thinking of a relationship. Ellie, you're thinking sibling. Right. And I get, remember when I was giving the history and I was like, oh, his dad and his mom got divorced. Well, his dad kind of like left them. And so I think that, it has something to do with his relationship with his sister and Gemma and how the gravity of his father leaving him, like, he can't be replaced. And, like, that gravity of the situation is kind of tearing him apart from his family a little bit. Like, it's it's not the same as it was because they were so close as a family. They were a tight, close family. And then it kind of got pulled apart. As you'll see in the music video, they're, like, reaching for each other. Right. And they're trying to reach for each other, but they're spinning and they're spinning and they can't reach for each other. And it's, like, kind of... They're being pulled apart. Do you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. A little bit? Yeah. <laughs> so that takes us to, in this world, it's just us. You know it's not the same as it was. Yeah. And he repeats that. Yeah. And, and, and again. how I was thinking, in this world, it's not like the universe. It's like in their bubble of a family. They're like, we got to stick together. It's just us. We can get through this together yeah. as siblings. Okay. Huh. And I was thinking like in a relationship where it's, 
just us. And you have that sense of being in a world, you look at the world around you, but it's really just you and the other person. That's how it feels anyways. But there's also this thing about, you know, it's not the same as it was, is this sort of uh, sad statement. Yeah. Well, I mean, every single relationship evolves and changes over time, right? And, you know, maybe he's looking back at a better time or whatever. But like Ella was saying with the the whole family thing and the dynamic with Harry, especially as he became more and more popular and, and, and famous and everything, it's, you know, it's not the same. Like, I want to be like the same person that I was, but it's not the same because this is how everything has changed yeah. it, in this life. Okay. Yeah. Wow, gee, you, right? both of you, solid analysis. I'm starting to feel like I'm going to have to just go with this whole sibling thing. <laughs> what, what I really like about the the chorus, though, if we can chat about this yeah. just a little bit, is, you know, there's the, like, don't bore us, get to the chorus. The, and the chorus is the part that really, really pops, right? Yeah. What I like about this is it's not that he doesn't go for it, but it's reserved enough, right? Yes. It, he doesn't, like, he doesn't go over the top and and make it this bigger thing than it needs to be. There's a reservation in the chorus and the way that he sings it. It works so well with the song and it just feels so comfortable. Right. Yeah. And the next little area too, it's really deep. And I feel like I know where you're going with the, you were like, remember the ringing the bell part? Mm-hmm. With the bells in the background. Yeah. It comes back into this next line. Okay, here we go. So answer the phone. Harry, you're no good alone. Why are you sitting at home on the floor? What kind of pills are you on? Ringing the bell and nobody's coming to help. Your daddy lives by himself. He just wants to know that you're well. Answer the phone. Harry, you're no good alone. Why are you sitting at home on the floor? What kind of pills are you on? Recently, because his stepdad did pass away, oh. um, Robin, his dad, biological dad, has been coming more into his life. And it says he just wants to know that you're well. So he's like talking about his dad who caused all this things that made it not the same. And then he's like, your dad wants to make sure you're okay. And for the reason that you were like, oh, it's about a relationship. The only reason I would think that because it could be very well about like a relationship. It's yeah. different. I just feel like it's very not a nice thing to be like, if you're calling someone, you're like, Harry, you're no good alone in a relationship. It's kind of like, okay, like I'm breaking up with you. You're not a very good girlfriend. If you're telling me that I'm not good on my own, like I can't be, do you know what I mean? Nice try, Ella. He's still with Olivia. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying in the mention of this song, Yeah. I think that if it was as a sibling, it's like, Harry, like you're not yeah. good alone. You need to be around other people. Yeah. Less of like, yeah, that's, you know what I mean? The different ways you can say it. That makes perfect it. sense. And they, and especially rock stars where it's like, no, you don't need to be alone. This And family looking out for you. They know what you, where you're coming from and who you are. Yeah. Which is, I'm sure, the battle he has where everyone wants to be his friend. We have that too with our with what's going on with this podcast. Yeah. Right. You're just so yeah. famous. Yeah. We well, have yeah. the, you yeah. know. <laughs> we have tens of people asking us <laughs> yeah are you guys still doing the podcast yeah so we still have to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves exactly right. yeah. so okay that takes us to you know they got the chorus but then there's the bridgey part here which yes. is a spoken word go home get ahead light speed internet i don't want to talk about the way it was leave america 
two kids follow her. I know uh, where you're going with this. You know where I, I'm I going. I know exactly what you're going to say. I don't want to talk about who's doing it first. Listen, this is Olivia Wilde. No, she's it's got not. two kids. She's got two kids. So? Leave and America. she's American. I don't want to talk about who's doing it first. This is about the breakup with Ted Lasso. Oh, with the yeah. uh, Jason okay. Sudeikis. Yeah. That right. actually makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, yeah. It does make sense. No, but January 2021. Yes. Okay. But it could also be, say, the siblings, two kids follow her being Anne, Harry's mother. The two kids are him and his sister. Were they in America? It could be figurative. Uh, point. America could be the place that it's like uncomfortable and not like home, which... Okay, if we're scoring the, this yeah. uh, this lyrical breakdown, I give two points to Ella for the verses, one point to Bill for the bridge. Thank you very much. Sorry, you Ella, only you have still one. You're losing. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I got some work to do. I guess it could be about Olivia Wilde. It could be. Well, no, well, songs are often, and this is where... It could I, be about many things. I always want it to be about one thing, but it's often about many things. Yeah. And especially with the modern era of, like, they'll hit, they'll just hit a lot of different things. It could be, like, first verse, where it's, like, gravity's holding me back, could be about his fame. Then there's the, it's not the same as it was. And then the next one could be about his family, and then it's not the same as it was. And then the next one could be about his relationship, and then it's, you know what I mean? Like, each different verse. Does Ella still get points for this? Because I feel like this is giving me something. Could you take a half point from her and give one half point? To no, no, I, I would get, I would take half a point from you and give it to Ella. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> well, it's, okay. Do you know what I mean, though? Like, yeah, he's I like do. saying all the different points of his life where everything's changing. Yep. Then that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Now, the music video is really good. Uh, I liked it. Directed by a Ukrainian director who said, like, the, I think day two into the shoot was when um, the invasion occurred and all that. So, but beyond that, the, the video is really good, although it gets weird for me later. We'll bring it up. But the can we give a bit synopsis somehow? Can you give a synopsis of what we're watching in that video? I'm going to be honest. This is a hard one for me because there's a lot going on. It, it goes all over the place a little bit. And I think that kind of, also fits the vibe of what we were just saying about how it's about a bunch of different things. It's like, oh, he's like spinning on a circle with a girl and they're like away from each other. They can't quite reach each other because yeah. they're spinning and spinning. Yeah. That could be about something different. And then he's like on a bridge with a bunch of people wearing like that red coat. Yeah. When he's That's when he sings the line, what kind of pills are you on? That could be about something different. I feel like the music video kind of had a lot of different points to it. Yeah. I'm not yeah. really sure what they all meant. Either way, he can't connect with the person there. So yeah. the, originally their hands touch and then they go apart. Mm -hmm. The aerobics is fantastic yeah. or whatever is going on with that. Like I'm curious how many times I had to shoot the video where they're running yeah. on that thing that's spinning. Yeah. And then when they're apart from each other, the ground's kind of shifting. Yeah. I think they put, they put a table over top of them or something like they can't get near each other. Yeah. yeah. And so- It's about being separated by someone you're trying to get to. Yeah. Exactly. And like everything around you is like- like the spinning, it's like chaos. Yeah. It's like they're trying to get be, reach each other amidst the chaos, and they can't. So this is what disappoints me in the video. By the end, they're like, just kidding. He's really happy alone, and then he starts doing this like dance routine, yeah. and he's jumping, he's smiling, he's opening things. Like, no, no, stay in the pathos. <laughs> I want to feel that pain. But could that not be just the evolution of his own life? Like he's, you know, it's not the same as it was, but this is the person... 
that I am now and I'm happy with who I am now too, right? Yeah, it could great. be a journey. Oh, He's great. like going through his all different things. Bill, you got zero points on this video analysis. You just analysis. took another point from oh, you. I, I'm losing points. I'm bleeding out points. Yeah. Okay, good good analysis, you two. You got to go for the Very knockout good. in the final round here, Bill. <laughs> okay, I'm going to concede right now, but I'll, I'm going to come back later because I got a killer mixtape okay. at some point. Okay. Now, now, what is your favorite part of As It Was? What's your favorite part of the song? Ella, do you want to go first? Sure. My favorite part is the very beginning, the like leading notes of ba da ba da ba 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 da da. Yeah, okay. That's, that's my favorite good. part. That's it. That's okay. I yeah. love it. It's really good. I think it's like a good hook gets you in there. You're like, oh, totally. this is gonna be so good. Yeah. And then you listen, and it is so good. It's just, it's a good, it's a good start. It's perfect. That's <laughs> well said. I can't say it better. Initially, I was going to say the the chorus, right? Like I said, I, I like how it's reserved, but it it just makes you feel comfortable. But then listening to it again, right before we we started the this uh, this episode, you hear the bells at the end, right? I don't know why I never paid attention to them until this one time, and it just sounds so comfortable, but still so big, right? It it sounds like it came from a Christmas song, and I don't know. I just I, I love the way those bells worked there. I'm with you on that. The bells hit really strong for me when I listen to it. And also the, as it was repeating, is hypnotic to me. Yes. It's just a beautiful, I could, yeah. I saw online, there's like. I could like, fall to it, I think. Yeah, yeah. Someone posted 10 hours of as it was. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fine with me. It's like that song that you get in your head and then like, it's like two months later and you're like, oh, oh wait, it's back in my head again. Like it left your head for a minute, like. It's, that's, it's very there. It doesn't go away. And that's why we're doing this song. Because even though by the time this comes out, I mean, it may not be number one. It keeps jumping back to number one yeah. in the States. Yeah. Like it was number one, then went to number two and back to number one, yeah. which is not pretty rare, yeah. I think, anyways, from what I gathered. But it is an earworm. But I don't like the term earworm because I don't want a worm in my ear. No, no one does. It's then <laughs> like an earring. Ear. Earrings are pretty, though. They ring in your ear, but in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That didn't work. <laughs> you're losing on points. And, oh, and you're, you're bleeding. All right. Let's try some more things Your corner's here. about to throw in the towel. Okay. <laughs> in this world, it's just a... Okay, let's move on to some other things here. I w- this is kind of like categories. Yep. So I want to come up with a list of things that aren't the same as it was. So I'm going to start. Let's see if oh, you can no. think of some things. I know I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. 
the cells in your body are not the same as it was. Oh, boy. Now, Ella, Ella's dad is a scientist. Oh. Yeah. Pretty sure that That's every funny, seven actually. years, your cells regenerate. Well, fully. Fully. Your cells are always regenerating. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks for... All right. Another point lost. <laughs> okay. They're, re- they're fully, fully regenerated. Fully. Like every single cell on your body has been regenerated once every seven years. Can we ask your dad why I still have scars seven years later? Do they just well, come back? Fade. It's in the heart. Is it some in the fade. hard drive? Have you not had scars that fade? Is that from the seven year thing? I don't know. Okay. Where's Luke? <laughs> okay. All right. Next. Pay phones. Not the same as not the same as they were. Yeah. yeah, you you used to use them to uh, to call people, but now you just use them to get scabies on your ear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> that's a, thanks, Frank. <laughs> same as it was actually. To uh, more depressingly, Ella, you'll I'm sure you experienced it somewhat. At least from junior high to high school, the change in friendships Aww. where suddenly things aren't the same as it was. I remember Yikes. going from grade six to grade seven. And suddenly feeling totally out of place. I brought this up before. I bring this up to most people I meet about my trouble from grade six. You grade pretty seven. much bring it up every single episode. Yeah, <laughs> it must have been really traumatizing. It was traumatizing. You, that was like what a lot, lot of years ago. That hurts. Thanks. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, you're still you're... an old cool dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. you're just not in grade seven. <laughs> Thirty. Three years ago. Oh, that's a long time. Oh, my time. goodness. That's an adult away. Yikes. <laughs> that's a middle-aged adult away. Yeah, 33 years. But still, I remember that what things were like in grade six to grade seven, suddenly things weren't the same as yeah. it was. Yeah. You couldn't uh, wear track pants and be popular unbelievable. anymore. Yeah. And then it happens from grade eight to grade nine to some degree. Yeah. But you find that later on for people we knew in our 20s, we go to all these weddings and then 10 years later, things aren't the same as it was. Things are moving forward. You kind of, you have to make your peace with it. Mm-hmm. As Harry did at the video where he does his big singing in the rain dance routine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that like, with the friendships, especially with my generation or like the people who are in high school right now with the cohorts, I had a lot of best friends who were in the other cohort than me. And then because of that, they made new friends there. I made new friends in my cohort. And it's like, we're all cohort B friends. And it kind of just stuck like that. And there's obviously times that I go back to those friends or whatever, and we're still friends, but it's just not the same as it was. Not the same as it was. Yeah. Styles also not the same as it was, except it's coming back. Y2K fashion. Oh, it's good. on the rise. Oh, fantastic. Low rise jeans. I can I can stop wearing skinny jeans. Low rise jeans are skinny coming back. Skinny jeans is all I had. I was so skinny. They just look normal <laughs> on me. I'm so depressed. It's skinny big, jeans are stupid not 90s anymore. jeans are back. I, oh, no. That was a while ago. Really? Yeah, teenagers don't wear skinny jeans anymore. What are they? I you know what? It's baggy know. pants now. Oh my god. Baggy but I'm jeans. a hip old man. I don't know this. Oh, what's wrong with me? I think that you're not old, but I think that Older men who are old enough to be dads can just wear like normal jeans. <laughs> I'm old is... enough to be a dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, so there you go. <laughs> so, this is the tough part is that because when, you, when you're when you not in high school anymore, you don't grow out of clothes. So yep. you can hang on to a pair of jeans for True. 15 years. Yep. And so I could miss an entire cycle of fashion easily. Yep. But that's I feel like that's okay. Fashion changes like every other minute. And so there's so many micro trends, especially with social media now. It's like TikTok made this popular, so now everyone's going to go buy it for $100. And then tomorrow there's going to be a new thing that's popular and no one's going to wear that again. So it's like just stick to your style that you actually like instead of following all these micro trends that are just causing bad economic issues. What we should stick to 
is our Harry Styles. Am I right, guys? <laughs> yeah, let's get back there. <laughs> I like the attack on capitalism, Ella. I know. During, that was fantastic. Here. That was great. Okay. Noam Chomsky's going to be proud of uh, this podcast. <laughs> right. Okay. So, um, Hallmark movie as it was. Okay. I've thought a lot about this. Great. It's more like Disney show. Perfect. Okay. So, I have two variations. So, it's like, as you said, when we were talking about friendships, it's really interesting you brought that up. It's like, okay, like, two best friends, they're growing up, they, like, plan to go to university, like, they're inseparable. And then they both are graduating high school, of course, and they're both, one's going to the big city in, like, New York City, and someone else is going to Los Angeles, and then they're both, like, on a taxi, you know, like, they're, like, sad like look back to your home as as they part ways they're both Mm -hmm. like going opposite directions as they're parting ways and then it's like a montage of their childhood things they did together and then each of them doing their own separate things in their both big cities that's a pretty good movie yeah i think that that would make lots of money and then it's like you know it's not the same as it was yeah like as it like drowns out they're like looking forward and they're like into their new world is this the end or the beginning of the movie I don't know. Oh, okay. I think it's a good ender. I think it is a good ender. So it's kind of like end of a friendship, but there's a positivity. Yeah, and there can be like a sequel. Okay. You know what I mean? It's showing their next steps. Yeah. (laughs) All right, because I think a lot of the album could be in this. Hmm. Yeah, this whole Harry's House album. There could be uh, music in a sushi restaurant. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah, that's ideally said. A lot of this feels very cinematic. I mean, they have a song called Cinema on it. You got, you got the cinema. The movie I was thinking of was actually a movie that's already been made, but it's 500 Days of Summer. Oh, okay. Has that feel of it was something Mm -hmm. and then it no longer was. Mm -hmm. Also, I don't know if I hate that movie. I can't, I I thought I liked it a lot, but I think I read myself into it too much. (laughs) Yeah. And now I hate it for that or i just think it's silly yeah i think if you are doing a movie on it and what what i kind of like about the song is it's not lamenting the way things were necessarily like you know things aren't the same as they as they were or as it was Mm -hmm. but like that's not necessarily always a bad thing right? right because there is like i said there's an evolution of friendship and evolution of like how you grow as a person and everything and I don't know. I look back and yeah, things weren't the same as they were in my 20s. And I'm very thankful for that. <laughs> okay. Listen, you two. I know we often talk about mixtapes and we bring our own mixtapes. I'm not allowing you two to talk about a mixtape because I've come up with an awesome mixtape. This mixtape draws on the influences that made this album so from what i understand before we started recording is there's basically no room at the table there's what no you're saying room at the table in harry's house it's all on it's me. a whole bill okay get ready this is a major playlist it's longer than usual yep can't a mixtape only have like 10 songs on it is that eight? a rule um like no on a cassette tape well you have two sides mixtape well it depends i mean you could have like the 90 ones yeah, but you could have songs that, like, you know, there are songs that are 12 minutes long, and then there's also okay. songs that are, like, two minutes. Fair enough. All right, here we go, here we go. First one is 1979, Paul McCartney, Arrows Through Me. He plays this song at his concerts before he goes on stage, so it's part of the mix. Oh, okay. So I'm going to play it now for you so you can hear part of it. to hear any kind of hear the 
the what's the word you like to use the texture the texture yeah yeah it kind of has that same feel right It has got that soul, white yeah. soul. It's like, so I was going to say Yacht Rock, but this works better than Yacht Rock. Yeah. It's just like, he's so good. Paul McCartney, this is like throwaway Paul McCartney. It's yeah. killer. But this is the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The stuff that he was popular for. Like, yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. It's a good song. So there you go. A new song for you that's great. I mean, for us. New song for us. Next one. Is from the Talking Heads, 1979, I Zimbra. It opens an album that, um, well, when you hear this opening, it might sound familiar to. Let's see. Here, get ready. Here we go. bit of sushi in there yeah i can I feel that okay there we go talk are you guys. gonna play every single song i am gonna do that next up is i want to be your lover by prince you heard that one ella yeah. Okay, all right, just checking to see your pop culture know-how. Okay, next up. <laughs> Give me the night, George Benson. A little this bit of scat, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like it. This would be great. Just hit that bass for a walk. Totally. All right, next up. And hours later. Yeah, get ready. Rick James. Ready for Rick James? Rick James. This one. I'm going to let it play for a while, just so you guys can hear it. We're talking about a walk in Vegas. Oh my goodness, this sounds so much like the one... Sushi, right? With the, the, the horn breakdown? Yeah. Let's move it along. There it is. Oh yeah. man, you just—that's so similar. I can't believe it. That's yeah. so similar. Okay, I'm very proud of that one. I heard someone else mention it, but I found that song. <laughs> okay, do I do Stevie Wonder? It's got that feel. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. okay, don't worry. We got more. Okay. <laughs> I'm not worried. Yeah, no. Aha. Uh-huh. But not Take On Me. I picked yeah. a different song. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> not that one. From the band Aha, uh-huh, Chris Newkirk shared this song with me. So this is for you, Chris Newkirk. This sounds so good. I don't know if it fits, but it's such a good song. I like it, yeah. yeah. The feel. Yeah. And I think it works. And so see, when you mention uh-huh, let's get to the chorus. I can feel wrong, so wrong. 
This is such a good song. Can't say enough about it. Okay. Ben Sledgehammer, Peter Gabriel. Okay, yep. Yeah. And then I threw in Delight Goat Dogs from 79 to 86. Then I just jumped right to like 2007. Electric Feel by MGMT. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. No, yeah. it's all the same vibe. Yeah. Yeah, it could well, all be on like the same album. The, the, the Harry Styles album has a very like heavy synth pop sort of thing. Yeah. yeah it's so. very synth Yeah. So that is a killer mixtape, if I may say so. I don't need. I don't Lots need. Of you don't need. Going back. Yeah, just like Harry Styles, no longer needs the sort of crowd. You know what? what I uh, I'm kind of upset that Ella didn't do a mixtape because you know put you and her in the ring again and see who comes out on top. Because uh, yeah, she's uh, she's got you beat so far. Yeah, I think that's and, why you only told me about it today. So yeah, that's right. time. <laughs> yeah, I made a point <laughs> to figure yeah. it out. <laughs> it was a big setup. Yeah, I was so proud of my mixtape. It's a very good mixtape. Thank you. Good. Thank good you. job. Whew. Okay. Well, uh, next category, Frank. So the big one is, and we're gonna let Ella answer this one. Could Michael Bolton sing this song? We're ju- we're just gonna do as it was. We're we're assuming that you've done some. Uh, a deep dive and a lot of research onto Michael Bolton's uh, uh, entire catalog. The answer is no, because I think he could sing it. Your answer is wrong. I think he could sing it. Like his voice could sing it just as I could sing it. But I feel like... He shouldn't sing is what you're yes, saying. Yes, I think he shouldn't sing it. So you're saying it wouldn't be what it it was. As it it was. would not be the same as it was yeah. if yeah. Michael Bolton. Now, if Michael Bolton were to sing this, at what point would the world be destroyed while he was singing? In a good way or a bad way? The world, no, destroyed. Is it a good way that the world's destroyed? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Oh, the world should now be destroyed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I think we're going for like ender of worlds. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, it's tough because the the chorus is usually where it happens, right? Yeah. And but it's so reserved. I think maybe in the bridge, yeah, might go after it. Yeah, when the two kids leave America, he yeah. just he doesn't just leave America; he destroys yeah. America. Yes, so. <laughs> but I also want to make mention, like we we talk about Michael Bolton quite a bit, and it may seem as if we're kind of poking fun at him, but I would think that Michael Bolton would be the patron saint of uh, guilt-free pleasures. Oh yes, like. And also the gargoyle that guards our church. <laughs> I'm trying to throw an olive branch out to the man. And, well, and like, because we, we kind of make fun of him a little bit, but his voice is just so powerful. It is. No, his voice is amazing. Yeah. No, he, we're going to be featuring Michael Bolton soon. And yeah. we'll be giving him all the love. Yeah. And more. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. Uh, did you watch the Coachella performance? There's two. No, I did not. Yeah, there's two. It's like, why did you do it again? I guess that's how they do things. Because once you bring out Shania Twain, it's oh, like, what? Oh, yeah, I heard that I can't yeah. even.
earth shattering. Okay. It was. It was. Did, it was. Did that end your world? That ended my world in a good way. Yeah. Okay, so when, this is Shania Twain ender of worlds. Yeah. Mm. He like came out in that jumpsuit, like sparkly, like the low U neck kind of. Okay. Everyone was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like this is crazy. Everyone was freaking out. It was great. He looked amazing. Anyways, and then he's like singing or whatever, and he stopped, and it's like. And then she like pops out of the stage. That's yeah. awesome. Literally, yeah. my jaw like on the floor. I was like, you're joking me. Anyways, then they sung that song. And then they sung Still the One. Still the One. Oh, really? And yeah. he sung that before at concerts. He's covered yeah. it a lot of times. Yeah. Like he sung it with Casey Musgraves, Musgraves before. And he sung it on his own before. Like he loves that song. And then she was on here and she's wearing a matching jumpsuit. I was. That's awesome. I have, to, really I have great. to check that out. It was very good. And there's a like full HD video too because it was like professionally filmed by Coachella. Yep. I can't get my hands on it because it was like you could watch the full performance YouTube like live. a day after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But right today I couldn't catch it except for fan videos, which huh. I did not appreciate. Yeah. But yeah, the Coachella, they, they only gave as it was, which was the first time I was saying live. Yeah. And the crowd was crazy for it. Oh, it was yeah. crazy. Okay. I mean, it's Harry Styles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And One Night Only, which he did a few months ago, was supposed to be incredible. And he yeah. did his set and ended with, I think it was Kiwi, was the last song. Yeah. But then just as he was leaving, he changed his mind, turned around, went back on stage and sang as it was again. Oh, okay. Cool. Even though he'd already done it, he Literally, just wanted to do it Literally, getting tickets to One Night Only was like bloodshed. It was like, oh, it was a battle. Ella, we want to thank you for being here on the podcast. This was fantastic. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been very different. A new song, a popular song outside of our box. And I just hope that when we get back into further recordings that maybe it will be the same as it was 